Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I'm sitting down with Georgia Hill. Hey. How are you going? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It's uh, You're from Sydney, are you? Uh, I have a studio in Sydney. Yeah. Um, I'm originally from Newcastle, up the coast, and I kind of just travel a lot at the moment yeah. to work. Yeah. I was trying to work it out the other week, because <laughs> yeah. um, I've done a lot of traveling and seen a lot of your work overseas and stuff, yeah. and just around Australia and different places. Like I saw a wall you did in Bali. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was with Trop- uh, Tropica. Yeah. So I went over and saw Brad Eastman, and there was a festival going on. And yeah, it was really good. It was a pretty big one with like a telescopic ladder and a lot of, yeah, do you hot, have, hot do days. <laughs> do you get worried that those ladders are going to um, start folding up on you? Yeah, basically. I was, <laughs> it was all, it was good because it was Bali, so everyone was kind of just going for it, I think. And then there's no lifts there either, so it was actually kind of the best solution, yeah, to the problem of yeah. painting a wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw they, um, like I was there for the last year's Tropica and mm. I, um, yeah, saw they were having problems with, with lifts because yeah. there's just no lifts on the island. Yeah. I think there's like one or two and then uh, everyone's constructing bamboo scaffolding. Yeah. yeah, I had I had a pretty interesting, pretty much every day it was this car park where everyone parked their scooters. Yeah. So I would turn up every morning and there was like probably 200 scooters in a lot. I was just trying to navigate this ladder yeah. around every single part of it and also not pour paint yeah. on people's stuff. Yeah. So getting back yeah. to, um, I guess, your uh, your origins of art, like how, yeah. how did you um, get into art? Um, I think I was always painting and drawing as a kid and yeah, I think I, I was really enthusiastic about it, like I was really into reading and drawing, so in primary school I'd pretty much sit in the library every day just drawing through my lunchtime and I kind of had a lot of people say I was like good at it, which always helps, I think it kind of you get good feedback and you enjoy doing something so you, you kind of follow that path and um yeah i just i did like art throughout high school and then went to study viscom at uts and i thought kind of a design element was something i wanted in my work and i liked having a brief to excuse me to respond to but then kind of as i've grown up and worked even more i have things i want to say myself and show in my own way Mm. And so, yeah, it's where my work, definitely when I finished uni, I went from doing design into art, and now it's just working as an artist. Yeah. So you were saying you're, um, you know, you're trying to do something that was originally you, or mm-hmm. whatever came out of you. Like, how, how would you describe your art to people that have never seen it? Um, I usually say it's monochromatic, monochromatic um, textures and abstract interpretations of things. I use a lot of lettering as well. So my work over time has become, I'm getting a bit more, I think it's becoming more confident with the work too. Like I I never wanted to set out to tell people things or write these big slogans that are like, you should think this way. But now there's, yeah, I feel like I found a kind of nice language where I can phrase something or get people to think a little bit further about something and I have this visual language it all sits in and it's cool I really like that I get to now I'm playing with scale so much more and that shapes how people respond to it again and it's just becoming this yeah really layered thing that I feel like I'm still working it out a bit every time I do a 
a different project, but I really, I, I feel like it's exactly where it should be going. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. I've, I've, yeah, I kind of every six months have to stop and think about what I have been doing and where it is going. And yeah, the, the thing lately has just been that I can be confident about what I want it to be. I don't need to wait for someone to say this is where it should end up. Like I can actually drive that myself. And yeah, if I want it to be about a cultural thing or a community thing, like whatever it is, that's actually completely up to me to say what I want to say and position it a certain way, which is really exciting and something I used to be a bit intimidated by and I'm only just getting really, really excited about exploring yeah, where it could end up. Cool. And um, it looks very like designery. You are. Mm, mm. Like, <laughs> have you ever worked in yeah. graphic design or have a background in that? Yeah, so after doing uni, which was pretty much a graphic design course, I did a year in a studio in Sydney and then went to Berlin to work in um, a studio in a hotel there. And that was where I was, I was doing illustration, but it still had a brief. So it was still kind of meeting someone else's needs. And um, I don't know, I definitely, I really enjoyed studying design and all the, the theory and everything that came with that. And I definitely have a lot of that influence is just in my brain. Like I really can see it coming through all the time. And I kind of have to, I feel like I'm training myself out of that state of mind a bit too, where not everything has to have, uh, sorry, I kind of lost my point anyway. That's all right. <laughs> so, Go for it. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is too, I really like looking at all different things. Like I realized I was taking a lot of like information all the time. So whether it's visual and that's design or like architecture or object design, I, I don't just look at artists and artworks. I always, if I'm interested in something, I try to really follow through and find out like who made it or why or how that fits whatever movement or where that, what time that's from. So yeah, I think I just, I am always kind of like absorbing things. And because I studied design for four years, that's been such a big part of something I was looking at that, yeah, I like my guides and some structure and some reason for why things are there. But then I also really like playing with like abstract things or experimentation and things just turning into what they're going to turn into without any control as well. So it's weird. I feel like I'm always, it's a bit of a like push and pull between the two where it's, yeah, it can be really formal and logical, but then also things that like left up to chance where they're going to end up as well. So with your art as well, you um you bring a lot of like patterns and textures and type and stuff into your work. Yep. Like do you do you have like a library of them in your head or do you just sort of make them <laughs> up as you? Yeah, I have. I have to force myself to kind of make new ones. Like especially when I've been working too much, I kind of start leaning on the same things I know how to do. Or if I'm finishing up a wall and I know I've got two hours left, some textures take like four hours to paint and some will take one hour. So I kind of have quick references that I know I can fill in really quickly. Um, but yeah, I at one point I was making like a swatch book of them just to keep because I wanted to see, yeah, just what I was actually coming up with and that has kind of fallen by the wayside like now that I've been traveling so much. But it's good, there's some, it's, it's kind of like you just learn how to do it and then I learn how to do it a bit faster. And sometimes I just get bored of certain textures too. Like I feel like I've used it too much or it doesn't, it just doesn't fit with the overall feeling of the work. So, yeah, I'm trying to get to making just looser things that aren't 
when I when I started out, there were really drawn elements, like almost like colouring in sections of textures. And now I'm trying to just leave it way more up to like how the brush works on the wall, or if there's lines already existing where I'm painting, like that might inform a pattern or something that's already there. Yeah, I think it's um when you're using a lot of different elements in your artwork, it's really cool sometimes to look back at like older photos yeah. of and older works and go, oh, hang on, there was an idea that I sort of tried once and yeah. never really mastered it and sort of forgot about it. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, I, yeah. I find that sometimes just looking through old photos or, or flick, even going through old artwork in my studio, mm. it's like, oh, look at that. I, yeah. I, I tried that and I never, I didn't really like, you know, perfect Explore. it, perfect it yeah. bring it into my work, you know. Yeah. I have a lot of things where it's like, I, I just wish I had more time sometimes to do, like there's so many different ways you could do this one thing and you want to explore all of it. But part of it as well, I think with making any kind of artwork is you just have to do it and call it finished at some point and move on to the next thing. Mm. And I think, yeah, cause I work with, it's becoming things you know, like there's scale and lettering and texture and line and the composition. There's so many different parts that I forget, it's hard to just focus on one thing. Mm. Like sometimes I make works that are really challenging for me as far as the composition, but then the things I use in there, I'm really familiar with. So it feels easier to fill it out. And then sometimes the composition is really simple, but I'm using new textures that I've like manipulated from other references and that's where it's challenging. So I think I, I really got to a point where I was like, everything I want to see myself make is pushing a little bit in a way so whether it's like yeah, a new font or the way it's laid out or the materials I'm using I, I get kind of bored really quickly even though it's pretty complex work and you have to give it real time I always want to see it turn into something where I can see that step I think and then yeah you look back on it in five years and you're like there's that piece that turned into yeah where you're at now mm -hmm. yeah yeah and with um like with your paintings you're I was watching you work we're up here in, uh, in Benalla for yeah. the Royal Wall Festival. Yeah. And I, um, I was watching you work uh, over the last couple of days. Mm. And you're really clean with your, um, yeah. with your painting. I'm it's, clean on the wall and then I'm covered in like yeah, actually, so yeah. much paint compared to everyone yeah. else. <laughs> with, um, yeah. like with, with your style of painting, did that take mm. you a long time to become clean? Or is this, do you think it's also a, um, a result of painting with people like Brad Eastman and, you know, yeah. and uh, Elliot Rutledge and people like that yeah. to if you like learn cleanliness and techniques well, yeah there, well I think I, I remember like even when I was painting things in high school like I was it was always really clean and flat and that's how I liked to paint and I never really got into oils or even kind of watercolor things where it's it's almost like it's too loose and I need I like having and it's like edges and limits and there's like you know when you've filled it in I guess and you know when that's done and part of me, I really want to get into like exploring faster work and looser ways of applying it. But then I want it again to be like this bold, flat, clean thing. So I think it's just a, the way I like things to look. I like it really full and yeah, flat, I guess. But it's weird. I've definitely learned a lot of it from working with other people too, especially as far as like how to do it or the time it takes. Like I did a lot of straight lines and curved lines in this piece. And that used to take me, like a year ago, that would have taken me two days. And then this year it was really crazy that it was like, took 40 minutes on brick to paint these lines that I usually fuss over. So I think it's more I have different, if, if I've got two weeks to do it, I'll do it and 
do a really meticulous clean work but if I've got three days I'll make it fit and so often people don't see the difference like I'm it's yeah you you see it yourself because you know you did it but other people are just like yeah great it's painted it's done yeah I also think the viewing distance of a mural yeah is way yeah. different <laughs> to the painting distance mm -hmm. you know how close you are mm. so um you know what like it's not like a gallery where people walk right up to the piece and yeah. put their nose with like yeah their hands it. behind the back yeah. and they're really into yeah. it. Whereas um, with the mural, yeah. people are standing back so they can get the whole yeah. thing in their view. Yeah, and it's also the bigger the things get, the further back you have to be. And I really like you kind of get this leeway with like you can have these mistakes and these little faults that it's you, you don't even see them from a distance. Like there was a piece I did um, in Canada with sea walls. And it was like the biggest thing I've done. And up close, all I could see was like the lines are wavy and it's on this corrugated tin. Like it's, it was such a tough thing to paint. But then as soon as you drive past it, no one, no one walks past this wall. So it's like, you just see it so quickly and it looks really clean and sharp in the background of like the whole environment. So it's weird. I, I really like, yeah, focus on doing things as clean as I can. And then, yeah, you kind of see it for four seconds in person or on a screen and that's it. Yeah. So. I first learned about all about that when I was um, working in graphic design and I was mm. designing billboards. Yeah. And um, yeah, just getting the artwork ready for it. And because yeah. I've been used to doing um, doing magazine ads and things like that, everything mm. had to be really crisp and high res. And then I'm transferring that to billboards and it was yeah. really low res, really pixelated yeah. and everything like that. And I'm like, you can't send this out. And they're like, no, no, that's, that's yeah. how you do it. But even that still, I know it will work when it's yeah. big. Like I know that's, they, they tell you how to print it and you do it and you see it. And it works but part of me I'm like no it has to be clean even if it's I just yeah it's something in me it must be some weird yeah. OCD tick or something but yeah I just want to be as clean as possible and it took me a really long time to loosen up enough to be like it can be a bit fuzzy or it can be a bit off and your eye kind of makes up that line itself yeah. anyway yeah yeah it's crazy yeah that uh, yeah that billboard stuff weirds me out even like um just half tones and like what is it, bit mapping, that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. to get shades, like even that blows my mind. I'm just it's so cool what your brain does with that information mm. and fills it in. Yeah. yeah. And it's like um I used to uh I remember being a kid, I used to mm. get really, really up really close to the billboards. Yeah. On the train platform because <laughs> I lived across the road from the train station. <laughs> you get really close, you see the little like rosettes of um, yeah. the CMYK. Yeah. And it's like oh that's all you could see, and then yeah. as you stand back, it starts to all blend. I love together. you doing this on a train platform and everyone's just like, be careful. Oh, I was only, I was only eight <laughs> years old. But <laughs> You're just stepping just a, back further and further and they're like, no, no. Mum's yelling out, stay away from the yellow one. <laughs> no, but yeah, that stuff I think is so, it's cool. And that is, I guess you could even just build work off that mm. in theory as well. Mm. It's crazy. But yeah. yeah, I'm definitely learning. It's weird because I've been doing so many like big, large scale paintings and outdoor things that I'm now getting to the point I need to go back to studio work and doing things on a smaller scale and I'm finding it really uncomfortable because I'm so used to being like I don't know bigger and having room to play and kind of make mistakes and you move on really quickly from it mm. and I have like some boards I started three months ago and they're still sitting there like half done and they're really clean and really nice but I'm I'm scared to kind of commit work to this thing that is going to mm. exist in five years time because walls they, they seem to like disappear or you, you kind of just don't know what's going to happen to them and so it's yeah it's interesting I'm trying to like get my head around just making artworks again instead of murals. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any desire to make it as a gallery artist? 
yeah, I, it's like, I don't have like a concrete plan, but I do, I realized a few years ago, I was like, this is my career. Like, it's not a hobby that I'm doing just to see what's going to happen. And I know I'm really excited about, I don't, I don't know what it will be, but this is where I'm going to exist forever. So yeah, it's definitely, whether it's, it, I will have works that are going to be in a gallery, but I don't even know if they'll be painted works now. I'm like, I don't know if they'll be large scale installations and the documentation of that will be the exhibition or I realize as long as I'm like excited about the process of things, that's where I really enjoy this work. And sometimes I feel like the result is this second part that everyone else gets to see. And that's what they find really interesting, but I need to enjoy this experimentation and finding how to make something work and, doing the problem solving that comes with that. So, yeah, I definitely have gotten like much more serious about it lately because it's, I guess it's just growing up too and I feel much more, yeah, just excited about putting my point of view forward. And I think like a lot of artists, it's like, it's easy to beat yourself up and be like, is this even worth making? Like, what's the point? But it's, yeah, if, if you don't do it, someone else will. So you might as well, I don't know, go in your own tangent. Yeah. see what comes up yeah I think it's yeah. um everyone's got their own way of looking at it mm. but I think um painting walls like pink murals is very uh, taxing on the body yeah and, I'm um, going through that yeah and if you moment. can find presence within the gallery mm. space it's um a good way to sort of mix up your art yeah but then if you cooped up in the studio all, all the time it's like oh I need some sunshine yeah. to stretch you yeah know, paint, well paint I think yeah for me it's it's been really cool because like the big wall stuff has completely changed like it's it's become part of what I want to explore like conceptually and the ways I want my work to be seen and it's kind of weird too that it's sometimes painting is what I want to do and other times I'm like it's more about the material of the thing and I want to start exploring that like it might not even be paint that I'm using to make my work like it might be concrete or it might be I want to start exploring those different materials much more and I'm finding that really really interesting but it's yeah there's definitely like my work is turning into something I couldn't have even predicted because of this wall stuff and, and just how people engage with it too like I think gallery work is it's hard to get people to even pay attention to it so it feels like a lot of us are doing this funny roundabout way which is like we've got our work in front of people and they're responding really well to it and then we're like while you're here like come back and like you can actually see it in a gallery or see it in the the place you were ignoring I guess in the beginning yeah so We'll see. I, yeah, I think everyone, as well, a lot of people we know, everyone's done a lot of walls and it's getting to the point it's like you can push it to be the biggest, biggest thing possible. But also that, I don't know, has its limit. And then, yeah, you want to explore smaller things or sculpture or the next place it'll exist. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, like, the one thing that I'm really drawn to your art by as well is the fact that you're, you're doing big murals and everything, but you're doing them... Um, like, you're not using any figurative work. Like, yeah. you find people featured in your work, no. <laughs> which is quite, yeah. quite rare, you know. Yeah. Like, you look around and everyone's uh, everyone's doing, yeah. like, there's a face in every, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. in every every mural, you know. Yeah. Whereas yours is, uh, you know, text-based mm. and, um, and patterns and yeah. stuff like that. There's something I really, I, I was talking to someone else about this the other night. And it was funny because I was talking to Claire Foxton too, and she was, getting really like razzed up about doing portraits and I think everything like has its place completely and it's also as far as people's skills like my skill isn't doing portrait work and 
I've tried to do that and I don't, I feel like I didn't have anything to say. It was just really contrived and it wasn't, the message I, I wanted to have just wasn't there. Mm. And then, yeah, the, excuse me, sorry. The abstract stuff is where I, I feel comfortable and challenged in a good way. And exploring that with scale and materials is, I know it's where I just find it really interesting. And I, I think too is like, if, if you're not enjoying this stuff for yourself, there's not really any point doing it like you might make a great big thing but if you're not having a good time or you, something in your own brain is like that's the reason you're happy making it I'm like there's not really much point to it so I don't know I really like I feel like it's like any art movement like there was there's realism and cubism and all this stuff like I'm my work will fit where it's going to fit at the right time and I kind of like not that it's not for everyone but you have to look a bit further to find something in it or it might take a while to warm up to it. I don't know. I think I, as well because I have this graphic design background, there's something about it that people like immediately, like quite quickly, and then they have to think about it a bit more. Like that's the response I've been getting all weekend. And so I know I, I like that I'm doing something a bit different, mm. but also because I have to. Like I can't paint people, so... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah. No, There's yeah. lots of other things out yeah. at home. Yeah. yeah. Well, as if I could do it, I would be giving it a shot. But mm. I know, I feel like I'm, I'm so yeah, down this path now too that I'm like, all right, what's the next thing to push that's, yeah, about this texture or type or addressing people directly with words rather than a face. And it's, yeah, there's some people doing, like, I, I also feel like if I'm not bringing anything new to it, then I'm not going to do it either. Like, I want to kind of be contributing in a way, not just doing something that's already been done. Yeah, so. trying to play catch-up or something yeah, like that. And go, yeah. oh, one day I want to be as good as this person I'm painting next to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I'm like, you're already, they're already <laughs> doing, like, such an incredible job. I'm like, I'm not even, I can't even compete. So it's almost like making your own yeah. little league to exist in instead of trying to, like, yeah, be up against everyone who's already doing it so well. Yeah. Yeah, so with, um, with your art, like, you paint in just black and white yeah like, is there a reason for that um i didn't think there was originally um i like i said I, in all this design stuff i kind of did things that fit the brief and some people wanted color and that's what i do and i just never really enjoyed it or felt like it was my work and then i got back from being in berlin and i kind of sat myself down i was like what are the things you actually enjoy about making art and making work and i was like i like line work I like playing with pattern I like when things are bold and black and white and that's just where I feel comfortable and I also because I really like lettering I was like when it's black and white it just fits for me and then it only really came to this point I think about a year ago or two years ago I was talking to Selena Miles and she was talking about synesthesia and I realized I I have this thing I've just done all my life where I associate colors with letters and numbers and so it's not, it was, it's, it's not that this shaped my work, but it was so interesting to be told, to realise this is why I like black and white so much, because for me when words are colourful, just in my brain, it's adding all this information to it that I just don't, it, it makes me feel weird about it. So when it's black and white and things are really stripped back, I really, like, that's how I enjoy things, like, how I want it to look and, yeah, where things just kind of make sense to me, so... It was a weird roundabout way to realise that's why I like using black and white. And it, yeah, to me it just means I get to focus on certain things rather than shades of green and 
yeah, it just makes things comfortable for me. That's where it fits. Yeah. So, so what's synesthesia? Like synesthesia what? is I always like stuff up this explanation. It's where you you have one um, sense and then you have like an involuntary association to it. So in my case, I see words, so letters and numbers with a color, and it's kind of like my brain just sees that. So. Yeah, I always see like the letter A is red and that's just how I see it. Or I see like a T is blue and an H is green. But when you put them together, it's kind of like a bluey purple color. Like I, it's just this kind of involuntary association that you have. And there's different ways people have it. Like some people see sound as shapes and they'll see like, if someone's beating a drum, they see like a circle that's like orange in front of them. So it's just this thing. Yeah, your, your brain just kind of does I think it's just like where one path is taken a different direction when you were learning about something, but yeah, it's just like a involuntary association that happens. It's it's yeah. crazy because through talking to you about it, you seem mm. to you seem very like matter of fact on what's right and what's wrong with yeah. certain <laughs> letters and colors and yeah. numbers and stuff like that. And a lot of people, like well, majority of people, don't you know don't like don't have that association. Yeah. So I think it's like you've. I think you're really lucky. It's like you've unlocked a part of the brain that that breaks all that down yeah. like scientifically. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like um, you know, when you're in Photoshop, you type in the letters or numbers or whatever yeah. to get the right color. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's almost it's like, like your this... brain automatically knows yeah. the codes for everything. Yeah, it's, it's this it's funny crazy. like shortcut I guess I have to things like I can remember phone numbers because of like the color it is, or if. Like if someone tells you a phone number and you're like, I think it's like 863 or 864. And for me, I'll be like, it's 864 because the end of the number is green. Like I remember it's a color instead of the number. So it's just this weird connection, like just a way of linking things up. And I don't know, I, I honestly, I didn't even realize it was a thing. I thought it was just how a lot of creative people saw things around them because we, I guess they think of things in their own different way and then yeah, it's just it's just how I've always seen numbers and letters is with this kind of just tone to it and this quick. It's not even like a flash of color. It's just like it just is the color of it. It's yeah. It's hard to explain, but it's just always been there. So. Yeah. And so, do you walk around and look yeah. at um, other people's artwork, especially with like um, type and color, and yeah. just go wrong? Yeah. It's it's not that it's wrong. It's I can appreciate like good work and good type, but for me. It's like if someone said you have to write um, like Melbourne and make it pink and aqua, I would just like, I just can't do that. Like that's not what that word is. Like what for is me, it, gray? It's, <laughs> it's more, it's like blue and purples and like the B is like a yellowy orange. It's like these really kind of particular things, but it's just, it's just how I think something should look weirdly. Mm -hmm. You can't really, as well, you can't tell people what, something should look like everyone has their own different version of it but I just see it so strongly in my like in my own mind that it's it's hard sometimes to it's hard to explain and that's why it's as well like to do my own wording in black and white it strips all this extra color information out of it and just makes it this flat kind of fact to me and I think as well because color like everyone has associations like red could be this passionate or angry color is if I can remove that feeling from a word it kind of just makes it simple. Mm. So, do you do you buy paint and like look at the what they've called the color and go why'd you call it that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like I remember I was in Bunnings the other week for this project, 
and they're um I was just looking at like the reds and they all had really like blue colored names to me which is just yeah it's really it doesn't I could never explain it like I could never my job couldn't be naming paints because I would have my own reason and they'd be like this doesn't actually make sense whatsoever who's so, gonna buy that yeah <laughs> uh, it's, it's a weird one to explain but then if like I met my auntie has synesthesia I found out and I met another girl who has it and we were arguing about like what color letters should be because you just see it like you're so convinced this is like the color something should be and then she was seeing things like I think we were talking about just numbers and I was like oh is always black like zero is always black and she was like it's blue it's mm -hmm. blue and we were both like you can't explain it to someone but you just know so yeah. everyone's got their own versions of uh, what you know, yeah if, if no, you've got it yeah you, yeah. you just you, you have your version of it and that's how it is but there, there's some people who like literally hallucinate a colour or a shape like it's really intense whereas mine is just this kind of like I just have a layer of it on things and you can kind of choose to acknowledge it or you get over it but, yeah cool <laughs> when you first started your art career yeah. did you um did you like naturally just start like making money off your art or, did, or was it a decision you made to sort of like jump in and go I'm going to be an artist and, and build a career for yourself yeah, I really, I, it's interesting for me because I think like I didn't do design for a long time. Like I got really into doing illustration and because I had, I guess, clients from design, like working in a studio, I was able to, they would offer me a job. I'd be like, I'm not going to make a business card for you, but if you want some handwritten type, I can do that. And then six months later, I was like, I can illustrate something for you, but I'm not going to make type for you. And then it turned into being able to be like, I can make an artwork for you if you want this full-on artwork, but I'm not going to make a small illustration or a logo design. And so it was kind of every, I think every like three or four months, every six months, I was not deliberately shifting my focus, but I was trying to pay attention to myself being like, it, it would get to a point where I was like, why am I not happy I'm making a logo? Because when I was growing up, I was like, that's pretty cool. That's what I want to do. And then eventually it would get to a point, I was like, I don't like this job. I don't actually want this job anymore. And so I would try to really listen to when I was feeling like that and deliberately change it. And yeah, it, it means there were like a lot of jobs I'd say no to because they'd be like, what are you talking about? We're, we're coming to you to get this one thing we need. And I'd be like, well, then I'm not going to do it because it doesn't make me happy. And I'm just, it's, it's pretty like luxurious to be able to say that. And there is a lot of like the first five years of doing this wasn't making heaps of money and I'm still not making heaps of money but it's like I need a sense of satisfaction with anything I'm making and if that's not there I find it really hard to be like to be excited about it or to do it so I try to I feel like I I got lucky that I kind of went into freelancing really early and I've been really pushing that this work is artwork and that's the world I exist in and I feel like as well, you, you kind of just have to buy into that yourself. Like as soon as you present it to people that way, that's what it is. But if you're waiting for someone to come along to you and tell you you're doing the job you always wish you were, like it doesn't really work that way. You, yeah, you, you have to like put yourself in a position and present yourself that way. And it's, it's pretty interesting how quickly people adapt to what you are. Like, I don't know, Instagram exists. Everyone can, you can be a fashion blogger and never leave your house like it's just these weird things a lot of it is perception but 
Yeah. And I think yeah. with such a um, a crowded market, you mm. know, with the online space, everyone's everyone's showing their work and all that. I think yeah. if you can really stand for something, you yeah. you've got a better chance of standing out than yeah. if you're showing that you can do a bit of everything. Yeah, but you just blend into the background. Yeah, yeah. I think that was it for me too. It's like <sighs> I. I already knew what I wanted to be doing and then a lot of it was just kind of yeah you you have to be confident uh, sorry you have to be confident enough to say that and it's hard too when you're getting good feedback about work that isn't even what you want to do like I I can yeah I can do nice logos but I don't want to do it and so I think it's like any job like you might be a really great accountant but if you're not actually if you don't actually want to do that every day no one's going to offer you a different job they're going to keep giving you the same thing so yeah, I get. I kind of go through different phases where I look at what I have been doing and what I kind of hope to see myself do, and I'm like, if what I'm producing isn't isn't on that path, then something has to change. And I think especially when you're making artwork and really just making any work yourself, you're the only person who can direct that or change that, and it's it's hard to do it's almost, it's like you you feel like because you're working so hard it should always work out but you really have to direct it every so often you have to check in and be like is this actually where i want it to be going mm. yeah yeah because I've, I've had four career changes in my life yeah yeah and, and the, fir <laughs> the first two were mm. just falling into what i could do and yeah earn money from and i, I wasn't happy anymore. yeah and it was only once i stopped reset and go all right what, what is it i actually mm. want to be doing I think it's, so much easier. it's the weird yeah. thing too if like all my jobs really have been in, in creative in the creative world and so it feels like because it's in this creative space it should be what you want but you're allowed to be as kind of particular as you like as well and be like okay I might be able to I might be I don't know a photographer but I actually wish I was a documentary filmmaker and it's like they're two really different things even though they fit under the same creative path so mm -hmm. So yeah, you're still you, looking through a lens, be happy. Like, yeah, that's yeah, not what <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, and you might be getting like praise for it, but if it's not, that's why I find it really tough when people give you really good feedback about something you weren't excited about. I yeah, I'm always like, I kind of wish it was something else. Mm. So, because yeah. everyone's different as well. So someone mm. might be doing a job that is considered someone's dream job. Yeah, but if they're not happy doing it, it's like look, yeah. look to do something that's yeah, gonna be I, gonna make you happy. Yeah, yeah. it's also like your goals. I realize this like. I always, I remember finishing uni and I was like, this is the goal, this is the thing I want. And I kind of did that within a year and I really struggled to set any goal beyond that because I was like, I don't know what I want now. And it's really hard to accept that like your goalposts change, like you're allowed to want different things and you're allowed to grow into wanting like something else. Or you can even just completely stop where you're at and change your mind and go in a different direction. So yeah, it's, it's funny stuff kind of like I'm, I'm, really happy I do this work and I can take three days off if I need to and kind of reassess where I'm at and concentrate on what's happening because I think if I had a nine to five five day a week job it's really hard to look at yourself and set a direction because you probably have someone telling you what that direction should be a bit anyway so I, I try to use that yeah I think there's a lot of perks that I don't have a day job that I have to go and do so I try to make it worthwhile like yeah so it seems we're on the uh, the motivational yeah. uh, career path. <laughs> so I'm like, quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> so like, 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 what advice yeah. would you uh, like say give your younger self when you were just starting out in the art world? Um, I think just starting out. I don't know. I I feel like I 
something ticked in my brain and I I wasn't being like all out but I did work just super hard and did everything that I kind of came across which I think was was actually good in that time because it really quickly whittled things down where I was like okay I've tried that I don't actually like it and I've tried that and I do like it so I'll, I'll push that a bit more and I think that was good like when you're young you need experience and it's almost like kids you graduate uni and they call themselves an art director straight away it's like you're not you still have a lot to learn and it sucks it, it sucks you're not what you want to be but you kind of just have admitting you have more to learn is a really good thing because you start asking questions and trying to gain that experience which I think is so important so I don't know I to me I would tell myself to like be a bit more patient like I do expect stuff to happen really quickly and just because I'm working at 98% of my capacity doesn't mean things are going to happen that fast as well but it's good I, I feel like I've worked really really hard at the right times and then I slow down but then I don't know it's, I realize this work too it's always you're not you don't get every Tuesday night off but I I've had periods where I kind of work really hard for eight months and then get to have three months off and that seems to work for me and everyone has different ways that some people need that weekend and that's their break and that's how they want to work. But you're allowed to look at yourself and just what works for you. Like if, yeah, you, you're allowed to do this completely how you want to. Like there's there's lots of different ways you can do it. But if, if it's what works for you, like being awake till 4am, if that's what does it for you, then you do it. But if, if you need to get up at 8am to do a good day of work, then do that. Like, yeah, you, you it's, it's hard because there's so much advice all around at the moment that's like try this structure or this like what's that pomodoro tomato timing plan there's so many different ways you can do this stuff so you have to kind of tune in with yourself i think instead of all the blogs and all the tips and all the lists that are like this is the best way to do the best thing yeah you kind of carve your own path out yeah yeah eventually yeah, yeah i'm personally um mm. monday to friday nine to five time yeah. guy and so, i take weekends <laughs> off yeah and it's like but when i'm when yeah. I'm going for it, I'm, when, I'm in, when I'm at work, I'm at work. Yeah. And then it's like I switch off. Yeah. See, part of me, I'm like, I'm jealous you can even say that. But, I, yeah, I also, for me at the moment, like, I don't have a house. I don't have rent. I don't have, like, a boyfriend or a partner. I have to, like, factor into my time and all, all these kind of different moving parts. Like, I'm pretty spoiled that my time is really my own at the moment. And so I've been very, like, I want to spend all of my time on this stuff or traveling for this work and which feels really good but also I'm getting to this point where I'm like in three years time I don't think I'll feel this way mm -hmm. it's nice to do it while I feel like it and then I can see a point where I'm going to be like I want to actually go for a walk every morning and then like have a system and a routine that I stick to and can see what's coming like yeah yes yeah. it's, it's all I feel like yeah as long as you like listen to yourself it works for you it's it's the best way to do it yeah totally yeah yeah, I started like my work started creeping into the weekends. Yeah. And just and it was out of um it was out of uh the art was always my hobby. Yeah. And I was working forty hours a week and then trying yeah. to do art around that. Yeah. So I was I was like I'm you know, be like a Saturday I'm going to the studio yeah. and stuff. But now that I do art full time, it's like that's Saturday. It's like, oh normally I'd do it's art. Mine or again, it's yeah, like, yeah. What do I do? But it's also I find the crazy thing is if you're squeezing the thing you're most passionate about in on the edges I try to flip that where I'm like if this is actually the most important thing I need to give that most of my time so but it, like I said that's super tough when you're like I have rent I have like you want to actually have a life as well so yeah. I think a bit of it too is like I don't know a while ago I 
I just got to this point, I was like, maybe I don't need to buy new clothes all the time. And then I saved that money, not super diligently, but I was like, if I stop spending that money there, it means I can afford this trip later. And you start to weigh up what's actually more important. I was like, do you want to be super fashionable or do you want to be able to like go to Japan and do this like thing that is an experience rather than a, a material thing. So, but I think everyone, everyone's so different in what they want and what they makes them happy in that moment or in that time. So yeah, I try not to judge about it. I just try to like do what I think I want to do that week. And then, yeah, yeah I know. then I see people with beautiful clothes and I'm like, I wish that was my life. But <laughs> so, yeah. so you, you travel a lot for your work. Yeah. Like, like how do you go about drumming up all these, um, you know, great projects overseas and all over yeah. the place? Um, I've been really lucky that a few of them, like last year I did a few projects with Seawalls, mm -hmm. so Pangea Seed Foundation um, runs Seawalls, and so I got to go to New Zealand for that, and then they invited me to do a project in New York and in Canada, and that to me I just thought was like a, it's so lucky, like to open your email and see that like those places there, it doesn't really feel like a real thing. Um, but then I do also... I don't know, a lot of it is, again, I think it's like perception, is not everything you paint overseas is a huge project, but if you have a, this sounds really terrible, it's like you take a good photo and if you sound excited about it, people are excited for you, whereas there's other projects I've done that might be really big projects, but if I don't sound enthusiastic about it, people are like, oh, I guess you did that thing. So, I don't know, it's, it's really good. I made a point of about two years ago that I really want to travel to be a part of this work because it started to inform my work so much too that, yeah, I, the first trip I did, I, I think I went, it was Bali, Japan, and then down to Tasmania for the Wanderers with um, Selena, and then I went to Jordan, and that like looked like this weird, crazy trip, but, like, my auntie lives in Jordan. So it was kind of using a connection that already exists there, and I had an exhibition, which was really great. It's, like... Often I think, there's, yeah, there's kind of tools that you already have to do these things you want to do. You just kind of have to, like, realise it's there. And often you, you ask, someone might say no, they don't want you to paint that wall. It's, it's, yeah, so many of the things you do where you live, you can also just go and do it overseas. It just, it always looks a bit more impressive when it's in a different area code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and setting. Yeah. And do you, do you um, when you are painting overseas mm -hmm. in different you know, places, do you, yeah. do you draw from where the place you are and bring that into your artwork yeah so i i take a lot of just like crappy phone photos but i really like looking at architecture and environment and using that to shape what my work is about and i think especially because like we're all doing these murals on buildings and like we need these walls to exist for us to like even be able to paint a thing so i like the idea that it's like without structures and without environment like our stories and our kind of like history doesn't even exist like it has to be held in something and housed in this stuff so yeah I'm getting really at the moment I'm just on a big tangent about like architecture and place and like how yeah there's so many ways you can shape yourself and to me I'm like yeah there's like buildings nature and like your own sense of self so mm. kind of these three points I keep yeah seem to like bang around it at the moment so yeah I notice as well like every time I've um painted overseas or in a different mm. different place um and i've tried to take in the surroundings and yeah. incorporate that into my artwork i've always walked away going wow i would never have done yeah. that before and now i've got yeah. all these like you know i don't know bows to my yeah string, strings yeah. of my bows bows to your arrow 
Yeah, you know. String, yeah. Yeah. Tricks, <laughs> tricks in my bag. <laughs> yeah, I really like, I, I really enjoyed, like, it was really challenging the first time I did it because you just feel out of your depth when you're like, where's, like, the roller I would use or, like, even, like, a roller pole that actually works and you can't get your hands on that. Like, I think being out of your element is really good for you and as well, like, when you, to be creative, I think you need that every so often, like to be a bit uncomfortable or to have to respond to something differently or even like drawing a different kind of plan. Like it, it seems really basic. And then if you're really getting into it, like even for you, it's like different kind of leaf forms. And for me, it might be like the pattern on that leaf. And you're just like, oh, well, I guess like that goes there. And I guess this is how this works. But I, I really love that stuff because it feels like your brain's actually working through it and you're responding to something rather than... Yeah, like I said, when you get to drawing textures you've drawn 20 times before and you're leaning on what you know, it's not really fun for me anymore. Mm. So, yeah, I think travel is the fun part of that. For me, I'm, again, I'm, it's kind of easy. I turn up and get a bucket of black and white paint and can get on with it. Like I don't have to source skin tones and I don't have to get the right red that is like what my work is based on. So, yeah. 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 And um, yeah, it was funny saying like not being able to get the uh, equipment overseas because I was yeah. I was painting in Bali last year and um, I was painting a wall and I was trying to reach up higher and yeah. I didn't have all the equipment and stuff. There's this little eight year old girl watching yeah. and she um, walked up to a palm tree and the leaf had fall like the big palm leaf yeah. had fall on the ground. She took all the smaller leaves off yeah. it, shoved the roller on the end and handed it back <laughs> to me and had a roller pole. What? And it's like whoa. Yeah. It's That's so what, clever. Yeah, yeah, I remember when I was in Bali, it, it felt really good to, especially because like, I don't have that graffiti background where you're like, what can we make a ladder out of, mm. like, in this two hours that we're here? Like, you, you get this sense of having to be resourceful or you're like, yeah, you, you kind of just have to solve this problem and get it done because you want to get on with it and paint the thing. But it's nice to feel your brain be like, I didn't think I could use that for that. But, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's just good for you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like again, yeah, you find these different pathways to get this stuff done. Yeah. Feel it working. Yeah. Cool. So um, do you have any uh, up-and-coming projects on the go? I do. I have, I have an exhibition in August at China Heights Gallery, which I'm really excited about and am slowly working on, but I've, like, booked out. For, the, for like, the first time in two years, I have, like, real studio time for that. Um, so, yeah, I'm really – that's been, like, a goal of mine for – I used to go there when I was 16 and like get the train from Newcastle. So I'm really, really excited for that to happen. And um, I'm down in Melbourne for the next month working on a project you're on as well, but I don't know if we're allowed to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. So it might be getting promoted by the time this comes out. So. True. It might be. Oh. Can we say it? Say it. Whatever. If you can say it. Um, it's untold, which I don't even know that much information about it. It's in the big uh, Nilex um, yeah. factory. So we're doing different, a lot of artists are doing different installations and there's a print release as well yeah. with it, yeah. which I haven't yeah. sent yet. Sorry, you yeah. can cut that out. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's part of it. And then in May, I'm really excited to be a part of a project with Gary and a few other artists. It's something that Gary and Pref um, are kicking off. So, I, again, I don't know if I have that much information that I'm allowed to talk about with that yet. But um, that one, yeah, it's, it's really, it just feels like there's some really, like, special projects where, I don't know, I, I usually just, like, put my head down and work really hard. And so it's nice to be able to come up from it and be, like, these really good things are happening. And I know it's, it's just nice having stuff on the horizon all the time. I really like it.
So. Congratulations. Thanks. It's good. Nice. And so if uh, anyone wanted to check out your art online, where's the best place yeah. for them to do so? Um, I have a website, which is georgiahill.com.au, and I have Instagram, which is georgiahillbth. I probably update that much more than my website and just have Instagram stories about dogs like everybody else. So, yeah, it's the two best places. What's uh, BTH? I used to, when I really started out, I started a blog because I figured I should put my work somewhere and that was called By the Horns. And then I, I don't really update that at all. That was like very, very early stuff. Um, but I needed an Instagram name. And there's a Georgia Hill somewhere in America who won't give up her account. So <laughs> it's BTH for now and we'll see. It might change, yep. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time to uh, sit down and have a chat. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To find out more about today's guest, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you'll find all previous episodes and images of the guest's artwork. Also, follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. There you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with the podcast. Bench Talk's also streaming on SoundCloud and Facebook. Just simply search for Bench Talk Podcast. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review. It helps get the word out. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.